I'll tell you, um, so much in life that we're praying for and seeking God for, you'd be shocked how much being in community or in a tribe of people are a part of how God wants to solve some of the problems that you're walking through in your life. And that the Bible talks over and over again about the one another, about how God designed us to thrive in marriage and parenting and business and life in the context of community. And so I just want to continue to encourage you as we're walking through this more of God series that part of God, what God may want to be doing in your life is having you step up and say, hey, I'm going to, I'm going to grab some friends and I'm going to sign up to lead a group and we'll, we'll train you, we'll develop you, we'll, we'll walk alongside everything that you need. And I think you'll be shocked at how your life can be impacted by that. So I just want to encourage you as that's coming up, uh, just to be in a group, to lead a group. Let God lead you um, in these ways, and let's just see how many lives that we can touch. So with that, good morning, everybody. Welcome. And uh, I always want to welcome our our Boynton campus and everyone uh, watching at Church at Home, like all over the world and the county and little small groups that are meeting watching this. We just love you. We're one church that uh, meets in many, many locations. Um, And I got to tell you something. We are two weeks in from the fast. So that means this time next week it's bacon and Slurpees and pizza, like all together. And I don't know what you're going to break your fast with, but I've already decided uh, when my son is already already asked to go to the candy store on t- Saturday to buy all the candy that he gets next Saturday. And I said, buddy, let's just wait you know, a few more days. Uh, but we are almost there. And I got to tell you, we are experiencing so many God stories. Like, like, I just love to see the power of community prayer and fasting and what God is doing. We're hearing stories of people who getting jobs that didn't have jobs. Uh, we're hearing stories of some parents and children reconnecting, some young children kind of awakening to the Lord. That was one of the prayer requests uh, that the parents are praying for. Uh, we have, we've seen incredible financial blessing uh, in people's lives, stories, as well as, by the way, this church, God is moving and, and doing just incredibly. Two healings, at least that I'm aware of, of people that I know uh, were prayed over, and after that prayer, they walked in with injuries and really struggling and felt great right afterwards. So God is doing things. And we had 61 people last week give their lives to Jesus. So, like, from death to life. And so you, so you might be here going, God's not answering my prayers. Well, hopefully you're not just praying for yourself, right? Like hopefully you're praying for God to do things in other people's lives. And so he is answering your prayer. You're experiencing breakthrough whether you realize it or not. God is moving. But here's the, here's the reality as well. I think there's a lot of us that maybe aren't experiencing that breakthrough in our own lives yet. And we're still in the battle. Anybody relate to that, by the way? I'll put my, both hands up. A few people, that's it. All right, good. It's glad I won't lose only a few of you. Because it was interesting to me this week as I was talking to a few friends of mine in the business realm and, and, and they're joining this fast. And it was just interesting to me because they began to share with me if they were, you know, to be honest, what they said was, man, this has been a battle. Like this has been a brutal two weeks. They started sharing all the struggles they were, they were going through. And I, and I was like, you know what, I relate. Because you know what I felt like so far in, in this fast? Uh, you ever watch a Rocky movie? You ever watch the first part of Rocky where he gets the crap kicked out of him? Anybody feel like that right now? Let's just be real. So that's been like me. And so I'm like, oh, I can relate to you. I'm glad I'm not the only one suffering uh, through this whole thing. And it was really neat because last night I was really just praying. And I was praying for some people that I felt like have not experienced breakthrough yet. They're still in the battle. And praying to myself, not to myself, for myself, just to clarify that. Uh, I was praying for myself. And I felt like God just gave me this, this verse. It was actually in our devotion. And it just, it just stuck as if God was saying, this is what God wanted to speak to me. And for some of you that might be in a battle, maybe God can encourage you with this. And here's, here's what the verse was. So don't throw away this confident trust in the Lord. 
In other words, we started out with this trust going, God, you answer prayer. Prayer adds power and fasting. It's persistent, consistent prayer, obedience, right? We talked about these elements and about hitting the, the, the log. Inch by inch, God is moving. Hey, don't throw away your confident trust in God just because you can't see what's gonna happen yet, right? Like, don't throw it away because what do you need to trust? You need to trust when you cannot see. And I love what he says next. Remember the great reward it brings you. What brings you? That your confident trust, your persistent obedience and prayer. Remember the reward that's the promise of God. But here's the first, the part that really stuck with me. This is what I felt like God was saying to me. And here's what it was. Patient endurance is what you need now. And listen to me, that's not what I wanted God to tell me. <laughs> I wanted God to say, You've waited long enough, victory is here today. But what I felt God saying is, no, 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 hey, listen to me. What you need right now is you need patient endurance. Why? Because some of the things you're praying for aren't gonna happen right now. But notice where it ends. So you will continue to do God's will. You need to be persistent. What's in this part? Then you, what's that word? Will receive all that has been promised. And for some of you, I just wanna challenge you and encourage you that you're in the battle right now, but listen to me. You will receive what God has promised. And when you begin to pray, God begin to battle before you. He has already dispatched the angels to do it. I don't understand why, but right now, maybe for some of you, it's patient, endurance is what you need, meaning you gotta stay the course and you gotta keep being faithful and keep praying and don't give up because the promise that God has made for you is maybe it won't be this week and maybe it won't be next week, but on the way, what God will do will actually come to pass and he will do what he promised if you do not give up. So some of you, listen, stay the course. If you've already quit and given up on fasting, get back on. Don't give up. Remember something right now. The great reward it brings you, that you will receive all that God has promised. Once again, but sometimes in the middle, we need patient endurance. And for some of you that are in that battle, listen, we're battling for you as a church. We've been praying for you in our prayers. I've been praying for you guys. And I truly believe that God is actually doing something. You just don't fully see it yet. Amen? So let's keep battling for each other and expecting God to do awesome and amazing things. All right, with that being said, um, many of you guys know that have been a part of Journey for a while, or even if you're new here, um, that every year we start out the year and we do a series called More of God. And it really centers around how we live our lives and it centers around going, okay, God, we want to seek more of you. It's not just about losing weight, that's about making more, but God, we want to experience a deeper, greater connection, relationship, and power of you in our lives. And this year, what we've decided is we want to really focus in on understanding the role of God's spirit, his presence, and what it plays or what he plays in our lives and how we live. And the reason why we've been dealing with this is because what the Bible teaches us is that every single person, when you made that decision to make Jesus your Lord and your Savior, like you made the decision, I'm a sinner, Jesus, you died for me, you are my leader, you are my Lord, and you gave your life to Him. That something miraculous, amazing, and powerful happens. And that what we're told is, is that the Spirit of God, the Holy Spirit, actually moves inside of you. And the Bible tells us that you are the temple of the Holy Spirit. You are valuable. Listen to this, that God actually dwells inside of you. I don't care who's rejected you in your life. I don't care who's spoken words, that you are nothing in your life. When God himself moves in you, you are valuable and you are special. Amen? And so what we've been looking at is, so, but why? 
Like, but why did God move in? What does he want to do? And, 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 and what can we do in our own lives to begin to experience or tap into this relationship and this power of God? And so last week we started looking at, the, we looked at the very first person that really experienced what we experienced at salvation, and that is Jesus, that a lot of people don't realize is that before Jesus began his ministry and at 30 years old, that he would get baptized by John the Baptist. And then at that moment, the spirit of God would move in him. And from that point forward, Jesus would step out and do all the miracles and all the things that God has done. And so let's look at, if you will, the first moment you see the spirit of God move in in someone, that's Jesus. And let's look at what the spirit of God does in him, because what you will realize is in many ways, the same thing that God wants to do in you. And so we pick up the beginning. Here it is. When all the people were being baptized, Jesus was baptized too. And he was praying. Heaven was opened up and the Holy Spirit, and this is the phrase I want you to see, descended on him. And this is the word I want to focus on. In bodily form like a dove. And here's why I'm saying, see, the Holy Spirit's not just a force. The Holy Spirit isn't just a presence. The Holy Spirit is God. The Holy Spirit is always defined in the Bible as a he. He has emotions, we're told, by the way. Um, he, you can grieve the Holy Spirit. He has a will. He can speak. He can communicate. It's not just a power. He's not just a power. He is the being or part of God. And that's so important. I love that. In bodily form, the literal presence of God in bodily form, like a dove, moved in Jesus. And then a voice came from heaven. That's from the Father. You are my son whom I love. With you I am well pleased. And what we looked at last week is... Something amazing happened in this moment. Is the moment the Spirit of God moved in, and we looked at Dr. Strange to help us understand the picture, right? Remember, imagine this is the Holy Spirit. Pretend this is Jesus, got the beard and everything, right? And the Holy Spirit moved in in bodily form. And in that moment, he rose out of the water. And what we're told next is that at that moment, Jesus began his ministry. And as he began his ministry, you see something dynamic shift in how Jesus lived his life. For the first 30 years without the Spirit of God in him, he lived a perfect life, absolutely. And, and, but he was fully God and also fully human. But you didn't read about miracles and walking on water and casting out demons and walking in all of the power of God. And the moment the Spirit of God moved in his life, what do you see begin to happen? Look here at the next few verses. Jesus, full of the Holy Spirit. Spirit, notice the reference back, left the Jordan and was led by the Spirit into the wilderness. So what do you see God's Spirit do? He began to guide Jesus in his life. He began to lead him of what he wanted Jesus to do. And Jesus humbly followed the Holy Spirit and obeyed and listened to him. Hey, he wants you to go in the desert. Not just that, where for 40 days he was tempted by the devil. The Holy Spirit gave him the power to look at temptation that Jesus would face, where the devil offered him everything in the world. And he had the power to overcome temptation. He had the experience to let God actually lead and guide his steps. But notice how the Bible points back to what? Jesus is full of of the Holy Spirit. We looked at another verse, that God anointed, which, we mean, which means empowered and set apart, Jesus of Nazareth with the Holy Spirit and his power, and he went around doing good and healing all who were under the power of the devil because God was with him. In fact, God was actually in him. And so what you see in the scriptures, and we looked at tons of places here, is that the moment the Spirit of God moved in Jesus, Jesus walked in authority and power and miracles. He, God gave him wisdom to see what people were thinking. He knew what was going to happen in the future. He was able to walk on water, turn water into wine, set people free, heal people. He cast out demons. He did all of these incredible things. And over and over in the Bible, 
what we're told is the source of that power was actually that moment that God's spirit moved inside of him. Now, once again, why is that relevant to you and me? Why does that matter what God did through Jesus? Here's why. Because notice what the scripture says about you and me. That the spirit of God who raised Jesus from the dead lives in you. In other words, that same exact Holy Spirit that empowered and moved into Jesus, that would transform the power and authority he lived, now lives in you, the same one. And just as God raised Jesus Christ from the dead, he will give life to your mortal bodies, that God is doing a work in you. He's transforming you. In the picture is this mortal, um, imperfect body that's having, doesn't have, has weaknesses, is getting strength and life through the Holy Spirit by the same Spirit living within you. And so just like Jesus, when you gave your life to Jesus, the same exact Spirit, right? The same exact Spirit moved inside of you. And now this presence and the power and the person of the Godhead, the Holy Spirit, dwells in you and you're the temple of the Holy Spirit and God empowers you to do incredible and amazing things. And so in this series, we're gonna look at three main things that the Holy Spirit wants to do in you. Three main things that he wants to do in you. And there's many of them, but we're gonna look at three. And last week we looked at the first thing and the first thing we looked at was we called it, it's a transformational power. In other words, the Holy Spirit moved in you. He moved God's DNA inside of you to transform who you are from the inside out. Almost every one of you here, let's just be real, every one of you here look in the mirror and it's not that you don't maybe like yourself, but you all realize there are things in your life you want to get better at. How many of you want to improve in an area of your life? How many want more joy? Who wants more peace? Every single uh, mom, patience. <laughs> yep, yep, you see what I'm saying? And here's, look, look how awesome God is. So what did he move inside of us? but the Holy Spirit produces this kind of fruit in our lives. What it, God is wanting to do this. He takes his love, his joy, his peace, God's patience, God's kindness, God's goodness, God's faithfulness, God's gentleness, God's self-control, the ability to look at something and not do it, right, if it's the wrong thing to do, and God moved his DNA inside of you. And I want, we can't skip over this, because what that means is everything that you've ever wanted to be transformed is already inside of you if you give your life to Jesus. That means that you have the self-control. You've got, that it isn't your parents that define who you are. It isn't your personality trait that defines who you are. It isn't your past that defines who you are. When you give your life to Jesus, you have access to the literal spirit of God that is doing a work in you and helping transform you with more of his love, more of his joy, more of his peace, more of his kindness, more of his goodness, more patient. And I love the fact that God wants to do a work inside of you. In fact, I love this verse. It says, for the Lord is spirit, and wherever the spirit of the Lord is, there is freedom. See, when you have the spirit of God in you and the self-control, you aren't in bondage anymore to the things of your past. You might choose to stay in bondage, but you don't have to, because where the spirit of the Lord is, there's this power of self-control. There's authority and freedom. So all of us who have had the veil removed and, and, and can see, in other words, we've given our life to Jesus, we reflect the glory of the Lord, and the Lord, and I want you to see this, who is the spirit. Now what is this? The spirit makes us more and more like him as we are changed into his glory. Glorious image. You see the work of the Holy Spirit? It's transformational power. 
is that God came in and said, hey, I, I don't want you to just strive to be better. I don't want to make a list of rules to try to change you. Instead, I want to move my DNA inside of you. And as you begin to surrender and seek and be filled, as we talked about, more and more with my presence, what will happen in you is from the inside out, the Holy Spirit's characteristics, love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, and goodness, will begin to take over who you are and transform your life, by the way, your relationships, your peace, your joy, and all of these things. And so if you're taking notes, the first thing the Holy Spirit wants to do inside of you is transformational power. Now, the second thing, we're going to look at three. The second thing we're going to look about today um, that the Holy Spirit wants to do in you is what, here's what I like to call it. It's called, it gives you, he gives you spiritual authority. Spiritual authority. In fact, um, I want to talk about this for a moment. Uh, we did a series, by the way, called The Armor of God. You can go to our website or our podcast. You can download it because we went into great detail, spent a few weeks, and really begin to understand why spiritual authority is so important and how we exercise it. But in a real brief explanation, let me explain to you why God moving in you gives you spiritual authority and why that is so important with the battles you're facing in your life. And that is this. Do you realize that you are engaged in a spiritual battle? And I want us to understand this because a lot of times we go, oh, I don't really think I am because I've never seen the pitchfork and I've never seen a demon. So I don't really think, it, you know, I'm in a spiritual battle. But I want you to understand something. You are a spiritual being in a spiritual battle in a spiritual world against a spiritual enemy. And God has given you spiritual weapons and spiritual protection to help you win those battles. And the Bible tells us that about one third of all the angels, which is well over 30 million based upon the numbers in the scriptures, are, have come down to this earth and they seek around and they roam around trying to destroy and, and attack us. And whether you realize it or not, you, your teenagers, your marriage, all of these things that we are in a spiritual battle. In fact, listen to what the Apostle Paul, who, by the way, got a glimpse into heaven, got a glimpse into the spiritual realm, and here's what he reveals through the wisdom of the Holy Spirit. He says, for your struggle is not against flesh and blood. You think it's your mind, your will, your emotions, other people, and circumstances. But no, instead, it's actually against rulers and against authorities, against the powers of this dark world, and against the spiritual forces of evil in the heavenly realms. In other words, you think your battles are your mind, your emotions, I feel this way. You think your battles are filling the person's blank of the name that's driving you crazy and creating problems. You think it's the circumstances. You think it's your feelings. But what you don't realize is at the source of all of these things is actually spiritual. It's an enemy trying to destroy your life. And so in our series, we actually went back and looked at how the enemy used people's emotions. He put thoughts in their head. We, we, we looked at how the enemy used people in the life of Peter to take him out and how the enemy used circumstances circumstances. And in every one of these situations, all you could see on the surface was a thought or an emotion, a circumstance, or an enemy, a person that came against. And in every case, the Bible said, yeah, but who caused all of it was actually a spiritual battle. Now, why is this relevant? Because if you're in a spiritual battle with a being, by the way, you cannot even see. And not to mention, you just can't see him. Do you know he's actually more powerful than you are? You can read Job. It's a little bit depressing, but you can still read it. But in the book of Job, there's an incredible revelation of actually what Satan can do when God isn't holding him back. And what we look in the book of Job is that Satan himself actually inflicts Job with a disease. 
that Satan himself actually calls down the weather and he sends down not just lightning, but he sends a hurricane or tornado that wipes out a house and kills people and that Satan himself orchestrated an army of people to wage war against a person. And so what I want us to understand is, hey, we're in a battle against a being that we cannot see, that has an army that we cannot see and is more powerful than us and he kicks so many people's butts, doesn't he? Why? Because we don't, we don't have any power against them, do we? Until, until something profound happens in the Bible. And what is it that happens when you give your life to, to Jesus? Who moves inside of you? The Holy Spirit. Notice what the scripture says, that God in you will bring to you in your battle against the enemy. This is so powerful. I love this. Listen to this. The Spirit, the Holy Spirit, who lives in you is greater than the spirit who lives in the world. Now, I want us to understand this is awesome. In other words, you're not greater than the enemy, but the God in you is actually greater than the devil, and he has the authority to actually attack or, or, or has authority over the enemy. Now, this is so powerful. We can't skip over this. Like, I want you, why does God move in? We wrestled that. Why? So you don't have to lose the battle against your enemy. Because now, it's not you, but the God in you has authority. He did this to the disciples, and I love this. This is so cool. He says, then he called his 12 disciples together, and he gave them power. What's that word? Authority over all the demons and to cure diseases. Now, before that moment, they had no ability to defeat. They had no power or control over the spiritual forces that were taking them out. And Jesus, in a moment, goes, I'm going to give that authority to you. And then they go out, and they begin to tell the demons, if you will, what to do. Notice when they come back and what they say. Then the 70 returned with joy, saying, Lord, even the demons are subject to us in your name. Remember that song, I speak the name of Jesus? It's authority. And I love it. The disciples are like, man, we are blown away. Because through all of mankind and history, we were just, we were victims to what the enemy did. But now you've actually given us the authority that the enemy of our souls cannot do something against us. doesn't have any authority over my life. I have authority over him. He has to actually listen. Listen to this. Can I tell you how important this is? See, imagine for a moment, I, I were to um, go to Jeff here, and I were to say, hey, Jeff, um, um, just think about this. I, I go, Jeff, listen, I, you're, I want you to give me $1,000. I want you to come to my house. And I want you to pick all the weeds. You know what Jeff's going to say to me? No way. <laughs> Why would Jeff say no way? Because I have no authority over him, do I? Right? Like, I have no authority at all. So I can tell him that he does not have to listen to me because I don't have authority. Now, what if for a moment, all of a sudden, my father who's sitting over here, this old man, almost as old as Moses. <laughs> it's, it's, it's in love. I love my dad. Right? We're going to play pickleball later today. Okay, dad, I love you. All right, but here's my pops over here. But what if for a moment, my, my father was actually ordained as a judge of the United States of America? And then my dad, who couldn't probably take Jeff in a fight, I don't think. I don't think he'd be able to take Jeff in a fight. But what if my dad were to say, but he was a judge, and he would say, Jeff, I command you under the authority of being a judge to pay, he's got $1,000 to go weed his house. What would Jeff have to do? He would have to obey. Why? Because, because my dad is stronger? No. No, why? Because my father represents the government of the United States of America, which is stronger and has authority over him. And I want us to see this. Because what God did in that moment was not make you stronger. 
But what God did by moving in you gave you the authority so that the enemy has to obey, not you, but has to obey God. In fact, you can read in the Bible where Jesus told the, the, the demons that were oppressing people to get out and they were begging him, Jesus, please, please, please don't, don't do this. And they're pleading with them for their very existence and life because they understand authority. And so God says, I'm gonna move my spirit in you so you can walk with authority and you don't have to be victim to the enemy anymore. Let me tell you why this is relevant. If the enemy attacks your mind and your thoughts and he puts them in your head, and I'm gonna tell you something, it is one of the greatest ways the enemy attacks is your mind and your thoughts. The Bible tells you, you, you are commanded to take captive of every single thought and make him obedient to Christ. What does that mean? You need to take authority over your mind because you've got it. So you may not be in control of the enemy putting something in your head, but you have authority that stays there. And I want you to understand the power that gives you. So you don't have to let all those negative thoughts, you don't have to let all those, you know, all this pessimistic outlook, you don't have to let all those critical statements, you don't have to let these things stay in you. Why? Because God's given you authority over your thoughts. Not just that, He's given you authority over your emotions. Do you know the Bible actually calls fear the spirit of fear? Why? Because there is a spirit, an enemy spirit, that actually begins to move inside of you to make you fearful and anxious. The Bible actually calls one thing a spirit of heaviness. Do you ever walk this life and it just feels like it's just a weight all around you? Could you ever stop to think that could be a spirit in a spiritual battle that you're facing? Now here's why I say this. What does the Bible tell you? He's not giving you a spirit of fear, but of power. What are the fruits of the spirit? Joy, peace, love, you see what you're saying? In other words, what God in giving you authority has given you the ability to counteract the attacks the enemy is using. And my encouragement for you as you're reading through this devotion on the Holy Spirit, as you cultivate your relationship with the God in you, and you be, and this is something that took a long time for me to understand that I had authority over certain things and I've learned to pray it. I've learned to walk into situations and leverage that authority because I realized that it's the God in me that has authority over circumstance, a situation. It has radically transformed how I've experienced certain battles in my life, how I've experienced certain enemies that I've faced in my life. And what I want you to get is you have the same spirit in you. Like the same way the disciples came back and go, oh my gosh, this is so awesome. Like he's got to listen to everything that we say because of you. You walk with that same authority. And I want to encourage you, start praying with that over your family. Start praying that over your circumstances. Start praying the name of Jesus and authority over your emotions. Start walking and learning to take the authority that God has given you because greater is he that is in you that is in the world. Are you starting to get the glimpse of why God's spirit moved in you? Right? Hey, transformational power. God wants to do something awesome in your life. Hey, he wants to give you spiritual authority because you're actually in a spiritual battle and now you don't have to be victim. You can walk in victory. And the third and final thing that I want us to look at today is really this, and here's what it is. It's um, the Holy Spirit gives you transformational power, spiritual authority, and the last one is this, supernatural gifts. And what is this? That God has amazing gifts. I don't know if you know that. Like he can do some incredible things. He is wise. He knows everything. He, he can administer. Like he, he coordinated how DNA was made. So he's just brilliant. He knows the future. He has power and authority over the enemy. He, he has access and controls the universe. I mean, he's got some amazing gifts. But you know what a lot of us don't realize? 
is that when God moved into you, do you realize that he imparted to you some of those gifts? And the Bible calls them special abilities or supernatural gifts. And I want you to look at that. Look at what the Bible says. Um, speaking to a group of Christians to train a church, notice what he talks about when he talks about these supernatural abilities. He says, now, dear brothers and sisters, regarding your question about the special abilities the Spirit gives you, I don't want you to misunderstand this. And I love this moment. He goes, hey, guys, you're wondering how certain people that you're seeing have gifts that they didn't have before they had the Holy Spirit in them. And you're asking me a question about the supernatural ability. And he goes, let me help you understand certain things that the Holy Spirit can do in some of you. And then I love what he says. Look at verse 7. A spiritual gift is given to, what's that word? Each of us so that we can help each other. And so I want to look at some of these, but I want us to get the understanding. So God has supernatural abilities and gifts. He moves inside of you. He actually imparts these gifts. Now, not everyone has every gift, but there's a lot of gifts that every one of us had. Um, um, and then he gives these gifts to you. And I love this. Not just to help you, but what? To help each, to help each other that he built a body called the church that he's gonna give all these different gifts to that we can once again use our gifts to not just help ourselves, but actually help each other. And every one of you has a gift or two or three, by the way. By the way, those of you in our student section over here, do you realize this? When, when God moved in you, he's given you a supernatural ability to serve others. You can make a difference in this world world. You can do something special because God is in you. In fact, the Bible talks about many of them. We're going to look at 16 of them today, but I'm not going to, only going to talk about three. I just want to give you a list. For those of you who are taking notes, you can kind of take a picture of this, or you can visit my social media page. I'm going to have this put up on my social media page uh, later today. Um, we're going to give these lists, but there's basically 16 different things that when the Spirit of God moves in, that He can impart in you, and I'm going to run through this list of 16, but then I'm only going to explain deeper three because I want to have you out here before tonight. <laughs> the first is this, supernatural wisdom. There's the, the verses that coincide, by the way, as well. Um, supernatural knowledge. Why? God is all-knowing. He's all-wise. And He actually gives some of His supernatural wisdom and knowledge to you. Faith. It's the ability to face impossible odds and have confidence that God's going to come through. Um, some of you, all of you have seen people with incredible faith. They can face whatever the mountain is, and they just, they don't question whether they're going to do it. They're just waiting on what's going to happen to get there. That's a, it's a supernatural gift. Uh, gift of healing, we've seen that happen here. A few people have experienced that gift and um, been healed over this last few weeks. Working of miracles, um, which we know, uh, like walking on the water that Peter did or feeding the 10,000. Um, the work, uh, prophecy, discerning of spirits, tongues, interpretation of tongues. We talk about a lot of this in our freedom uh, ministry at our conference. For those of you who have not been a part of a freedom group, you need to join, and we're gonna walk through in greater detail these things. And then the second uh, eight are helping and serving. God gives you a supernatural ability to actually step into people's lives that have needs and meet them. Administration, people like me are very grateful for you. <laughs> um, grace and mercy, by the way. Um, how cool is that? God, God gives you his divine compassion, grace, and mercy towards other people. Have you ever known some people that can look at people's failures and weakness and still believe in them and still give them hope? How many of you have needed people like this in your life? Like, that's a gift of the Holy Spirit where God takes his divine ability to look past our weaknesses and see the good, and he imparts it in us, the body of Christ, because sometimes people don't need judgment. They really need grace and love. 
What they need to know is, yeah, I know I messed up, but I really need to know, is there anybody in this world that believes in me enough to, get, to be patient with me, to let God finish his work in me? That's a spiritual gift. Um, teaching is one. Encouragement um, is another one. Giving. There are some of people that are just so generous, and they just, God's empowered them to, to make money in order to just give. Um, some people don't even have a lot of money, but there's just this heart in you. It's not just tithing. It's like, I just love to give. That's a supernatural gift. God is generous, and he imparted you with the gift of generosity. Uh, leadership's a big one. You walk into a room and you can see the problems, you can solve them. And then the, uh, the last one, 16, is the, the truth, the spirit of truth. He can reveal what is a lie. Now, I say all this um, because we could spend a month just talking about this, and these are awesome. But how cool is it that God takes all of these abilities that are in Him and He imparts them to you and me? But here's what I want to do today I, I just want to talk about three of them. I want to talk about three ways that the God in you or and the God in me has helped me lead, navigate life, overcome obstacles by imparting some of these gifts in different seasons, different ways um, in my life or in someone in the church's life that have helped me. Because I want you to see how important these gifts are. That God didn't just give these supernatural gifts for nothing. He gave them to actually help you. First gift I want to talk about is what's called supernatural wisdom. So um, if you're God, you're all-knowing, aren't you? Like, you ever notice how Jesus um, would go to the disciples and go, hey, see this temple? Yeah, let me tell you what's going to happen in, in, a few, in, in decades from now. Every one of these stones are going to turn white because I understand everything. Hey, you notice how the Bible is filled with wisdom of if you don't forgive, then this is what's going to happen. This root of bitterness is going to kind of grow up in you. There's incredible wisdom. Don't the sun uh, go down in your anger. Um, the wisdom of God and how to create a Sabbath, understanding that we function best as family, marriage, relationship, emotional health, spiritual health, everything. When we carve out a day a week and it's God's and it's not sports and it's not work and it's the Lord's. Um, and so there's incredible supernatural wisdom from God to navigate life. But listen to this, to also understand the future. Do you know that God already has seen and lived out what your future is already going to be? He knows. Like how much of the Bible is God saying, this is what's going to happen, this is what's going to happen, this is going to happen. And everything he says happens. Why? Because he has supernatural wisdom. Here's what's so awesome. Which means the spirit of God that moved in you has what? Supernatural wisdom. He knows all things. Why? Because he is God and he is in you. And the Bible tells us we need to let him lead or guide our lives. So what's amazing is so the spirit of God knows everything. He is in you and God gave him the role to lead or to guide our lives. Now, how does this work? Let me explain. Um, this has happened to me in business, by the way. Uh, before I've made deals, I've felt things. And I just felt like God saying no or I felt God saying this is what's gonna happen or how to deal with things. But I've experienced this many times in my life where stepping into a situation. It isn't my discernment. I feel like God gives me wisdom of what is going to happen and helps me make and navigate choices. Um, one of these things happened, I was thinking about for the church, was somewhere around 2018 and, and 19, um, the church was like, you know, pre-pandemic, was exploding, and we didn't have enough seats for people. And, and if you're at the Lake Worth campus, by the way, the traffic jam, some of you remember, we're like lined up all the way out, um, military, all the way to Lantana Road, and it would take like 35 minutes to get out because so many, and we had to have a, a, a 9, 11, a 1, a, a 5, and it was like we just couldn't fit everybody in because God was doing so many great things. And our Boynton campus was just really, you know, growing, and so we were leaning towards, okay, it's time to launch another campus. I truly believe the 
the greatest way to transform people's lives is the church. We're the light of the world. We're the hope of the world. And so it's like, okay, God, you're moving. Let's go build another campus so we can reach more people. We'll take 500 people from here, you know, send them over. We'll launch another church. It's going to be exciting. And in the middle of that, I felt like God saying, no. Instead, focus on building an online campus. Now, remember something. It, it just didn't make sense to me. In fact, I, was, I wrestled with it. But God, we had already kind of drafted a plan. What were we going to do? We had already looked at different options. We have been conversations of ways to kind of to move forward in this direction. And we're you know, kind of excited. I remember just going, going to the board and some of the lead team. Guys, I feel like God is telling us, instead of using these resources to invest in another campus in this season, that we need to invest in the cameras and the experience to help reach people online. And by the way, this did not make sense. Because we were growing so much in person. And so we went ahead and we said, okay, God, we trust this is what you're going to do. And we voted on it, made the decision. And so we began to invest in our church at home platform. We began to build, take all these resources and begin to, to reach these people. And we're going and we, 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 you know, everything starts to happen. The church is still growing. And six months later, guess what happens? A pandemic. Guess who knew that the pandemic was going to come? Not me. <laughs> but God, who is what? All wise. And now we'll begin to realize as we put up over and over in meetings, we say, oh, how awesome is God that he knew what was going to happen in the future. And he prepared us to, to be successful and to reach people in that. And now today we have more people looking through these cameras, experiencing church than in person. And re-reaching people from nations all over. There are small groups, by the way, um, in other countries that are saying, hey, every week we get in a neighborhood, we meet, and we, we experience church. We have people, I met someone on Saturday to prayer rooms says, hey, I've been two years, this is my church, and I'm here for the first time. We have people flying in to get baptized from other states because this is their church. What I want you to understand is, see, God was all-knowing. Now, God didn't tell me there's going to be a pandemic. I wish I had known that because I would have made some adjustments in stocks. But he, all he told me was... Hey, I felt like God leading, and by the way, it's a relationship. You have to learn to cultivate that, right? Like it wasn't like a writing on the wall. It was this feeling I began to feel like, God, this is what you want. Okay, and I prayed about it, and I learned to cultivate that relationship. And how grateful am I, how grateful are we, that God is all-knowing even though we're not. And God was in us leading us. Do you realize the Holy Spirit, the same one lives in, is in you? And he was, imagine how this could help your business. Imagine what would happen if you brought God into your business. You sought the Lord, and he knows what's going on. You don't always know. Parenting. Imagine what this happened if you brought this into your parenting, and you got the wisdom of going, hey, what, when do I push this child, and when do I step back? When do I step in? Am I really firm and create this? And when do I just give them grace? Like, it's complicated, isn't it? So how awesome is it that an all-knowing God dwells in you, and the Bible tells us he's designed to lead us and to guide us with supernatural wisdom, wisdom that is beyond your ability to understand. And I want us to understand this because it's so, so important to get. And so the first thing I want you to realize, you know that God wants to give you supernatural wisdom. He is aware, and from time to time, he'll knock on your heart and give you the wisdom. This is why it's so important to know his voice, to begin to discern the difference between your voice and his voice through his word and through practice and developing a relationship. So that's the first. The second thing that I want to talk about um, is actually what's called a supernatural knowledge. And that's the ability to know something that you couldn't know on your own. This is happening multiple times in life. One, one time I was in my business, and this pastor walked in. And the first time he walked in, I felt this clear as day. So it was like God, God said to me, you're going to work with him. 
Like you're gonna go there and you're gonna help serve him. And that day I talked to him, we're launching business, we're franchising, it didn't make any sense at all. I remember going to my dad's house, going, dad, I don't know what to tell you, like, but I feel like God's moving in this direction. And my dad shook his head, he goes, you just started the business. Like, he's like, what are you saying? And six months later, I was working with him. It's, 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 God knew something that I didn't know. In fact, the other day I had um, someone call me I said, hey, can you give me a call when you get a chance? And immediately when I got the voicemail, God said to me, this person called you to talk about this individual. And I remember thinking to myself, like, well, that doesn't make sense. Like, I wrestled with it because this person barely knows that individual. There's no reason in the world this person would ever have any reason to talk to me about this individual. And I knew there were some struggles with this individual. And it was going to be a really awkward conversation if this person asked me. So I'm like, God, I don't understand. But okay, God, I'm going to be prepared. And so I remember driving up in Orlando, and I was driving up to Orlando by myself, and I was in the car, and I called this person back, and the whole time I'm going, God, it seems like you said this, but this doesn't make sense. And we're talking on the phone. We're talking for 30 minutes. He never brings up this individual. And I'm going, maybe I missed it. And 30 minutes in the conversation, before we leave, he goes, hey, let me tell you something. The real reason I called you was, and he brought up that individual. And I was prepared to have a very hard conversation. But here's what I'm saying. The Holy Spirit's all-knowing, isn't he? And Jesus said, you will know my voice. And, and how many times you see, even in the scriptures, in the disciples' lives, that God revealed to them something they could not know when he would make them aware of it. I want you to understand how the Holy Spirit is so amazing. He wants to help you thrive in this life. He wants to give you wisdom that is not yours, but from God. He wants to give you knowledge of actually what's going on and things that you might miss. He also wants to give you, listen to this, truth. That's the third thing. The Bible calls him the spirit of truth. Listen to this here. I want you to see this. When the spirit of truth comes, he will guide you into all truth. He will not speak on his own, but will tell you what he has heard. He will tell you about the future. And this is amazing. In other words, that the God in you that knows truth from a lie and knows the future will bring to revelation, obviously in some cases, lies that people are telling in your life. This happened to, to me years ago, and i never forget a moment because it didn't happen to me. It happened through someone that was on our prayer team. And remember something, that God gives all these gifts to serve one another. So understand, it's not, he doesn't give you all of these gifts, but he helps give someone these gifts, why it's so important to be engaged in the church. So we were actually engaged in a fast, a Daniel fast, uh, a 21-day fast. And this person prayed and actually called my wife and said, hey, I, in my prayer time praying for you, God revealed to me that there are a couple people that are close to you guys. And the, the, the vision that God had given them was that there was this dark cloud behind you and Raquel, and they were coming out of this cloud and hugging you and then going back into this dark cloud. And that you gotta be, you gotta, we gotta reveal what's going on with these people and, and remove them or it's really gonna hurt you and, and even the ministry. Which, by the way, is a really freaky conversation to have, by the way. And I just remember, well, God, you're the spirit of truth. And if there's, if there's deceit, there's something going on, would you reveal it to me? And wouldn't you know, it was just days later, I get a phone call from someone else. Hey, guess what? I don't know if this is true or not, but I heard this about these people and what they had done. And next thing you know, all of these lies begin to become uncovered and begin to expose and God protected me through truth. Can I tell you something? Listen to this. How much do you need to know that? How many of you that are leading people that those people might have something in their life. How many of you as parents, how many of you that are single and dating need the spirit of truth? And, and, I, and I say all these things because I want you to understand, do you realize what God wants to do in you? Like, like 
when we tell you, hey, get more of God, cultivate this relationship with the Holy Spirit. It's like, I started thinking about this and I'm going, man, the people that really learn to know and experience the Holy Spirit, it's like we have an unfair advantage against the rest of the world, don't you? Like, think about this. Look at the list once again that we see this. I want you to see this. Like, when you got supernatural wisdom and and knowledge and faith, and and, and once again, you have this ability to discern, you know, spirits. When you have the ability to serve, to administer, to be a part of a community that has grace, encouragement. By the way, leadership and truth. Do you realize how God wants to help you succeed in this life? You remember what Jesus said? I've come to give you life to its fullest. Remember he said to his disciples, it's better that I go so that the spirit of God can move in you. Do you understand what God wants to do in you? But here's my encouragement to you as we close. The Holy Spirit is not a magician. He's not a force. He's not a Santa Claus. He's not a magic eight ball. He he is the person of God which means he's a relationship. And a lot of people are like, oh, that'd be awesome. I would love God to do all that. But we don't realize that, listen to this. Those experiences of my life are the result of me cultivating a relationship for years and years and years. And I'm just telling you right now, if you wanna walk and experience these gifts God's given you, you have to cultivate the relationship. You've gotta know his voice. You've gotta be in community of other people with these gifts to experience. And too many people are sitting on the outside, living life on their, lo- on their own, not really developing the relationship with God. And you go, why don't I ever hear the voice of God? Why don't I experience any of these things? Why is God not? Here's why. Because you tried to skip the relationship. And, and you want to use them as a magic eight ball. And that's not the way God, that's not the way any relationship works, by the way. See, the Bible says you can grieve the Holy Spirit. Jesus says, you will know my voice. Well, how do you know his voice? Well, how do you know anyone's voice? The more you hear it, if I go to my house and I speak my dog's name, he will come running in a moment without seeing me. Why? Because he spent so much time listening to me. And here's what I'm telling you. Do you realize what God wants to do in your life? Wisdom, power, truth, transformational power. Authority. Do you realize that all of these things are the source of you cultivating the relationship with the Holy Spirit? Here's my challenge to you. If you've not been reading the devotion of the Holy Spirit, go to our website. You got a week left. Sign up for at least one week of the fast. But listen, click that button, go to the Bible, download that. Get the book on the Holy Spirit, The God I Never Knew by Rob Morris. That's what it's kind of based on. It's even the book's even better than the than devotions because it's a little bit more deep. But it's a 28 day, it's like 10 minutes a day. Walk, cultivate the relationship. Because you never know what God wants to say. You never know the fork in the road where you need to know which way to go. And if you don't have that relationship, how do you know? You never know when that truth needs to be revealed. You never know when that power you need to have in your life or the authority you need to exercise. And so it's time for some of you, listen to this, to cultivate the relationship with the Holy Spirit so you can walk in the gifts that God has given you. Dear Heavenly Father, I thank you so much that when we gave your life to Jesus, you gave us your spirit, your wisdom, your authority, your power, your grace, your love, your joy to transform us, to give us authority and to give us gifts. God, may we continue to cultivate this relationship so we can walk in the power of your presence. In Jesus' name we pray, amen.